0: Hey
1: everyone! Welcome back to Murphy's Law. This is Charles Murphy. I'm here with Charles Villanueva uh, for episode 6, where uh, we have an interesting rundown for you of some Dark Phoenix reviews and some some rumors that have been circulating around the last week. Charles, how's it going over there today, man?
0: Doing good. A bit under the weather, but at least I got to see Dark Phoenix before everyone else. (laughs) To lift your spirits. Yes, it's like a, it's like the, the best privilege a fan can get, watching <laughs> Dark Phoenix early. It's it was the medicine
1: your sick body needed.
0: Yep, and I I kind of feel I kind of feel worse. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can't believe it.
1: So for those of you that are, are maybe new uh and haven't listened much, Charles lives in the Philippines and they usually get the movies what like a week or f- I mean at least a few days ahead of time, right?
0: Yeah, days you. He- it used to be a week, but
1: recently it's been like just a few days. And so you saw it, what, yesterday?
0: Yeah, I saw it uh, yesterday uh, at noon. And, oh my god. It's probably the, the most boring X-Men film. Uh. Because looking back, movies like Apocalypse, Wolverine Origins, Last Stand, those movies were bad. But at least they were bad to an extent. They were almost entertaining. Man, Dark Phoenix is so it's, so... it's so fucking bland. It's so dreary. Uh, the tone is all over the place. It's surprisingly depressing. Like, Imagine the first act of Endgame, but with no heart, no fun, nothing, none of the good stuff. That's the entire movie. I'm not even kidding.
1: No, and, and so we on the last one, we talked about our, uh, our anticipation for seeing it just to find out how bad it was
0: right. right?
1: and like it might be the, the train wreck that you shouldn't be looking at but you can't look away from
0: and I have to look at it it truly was a train wreck like I'll give the only credit I'll give it is that me and my friends just kept bursting out laughing in in like the supposed dramatic moments
1: I know you described um, the standoff between Magneto and Jean as like a fart
0: contest <laughs> oh my god dude oh my god so in the middle, should I spoil it? Is it okay to spoil it?
1: Spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it yet, give it, give it a break for about 30 seconds here.
0: Right, right. So sometime in the middle of the film, Jean goes to Genosha, which looks, like, which looks worse than Hawkeye's farm. <laughs> uh, she, she, she hits up Magneto, which is, which is an exact beat from the last movie, from the last Phoenix movie, Last Stand. Yeah, she tries to like form an alliance with Magneto, and a bunch of helicopters come. Uh, apparently, like the government sent them to, to get Jean Grey, and then for the next like five minutes, Jean and Eric fight over control over this one helicopter, and that's them basically trying to outfire each other. <laughs> Not even. Oh my God! It's like Jean Grey does her thing with a, you know with her face and like. <laughs> Looks like she's trying to take a dump. Eric sees her and doesn't an, uh, doesn't an even angrier fart face. And then Gene does an angrier fart face, and it's just them one upping each other. Oh, and you.
1: So, you messaged me after you saw it, and I think that was like one of the first couple of things you you told me, and uh, like I didn't have any context for it, but I I had this idea, and you know from seeing the trailers and. I kind of knew. I kind of knew what you were talking about because I think <laughs> the the, the X Men movies have been so like all this. The, like the Age of Apocalypse was really them just screaming all the time. And I even remember making like tweeting about it. Like in Age, Age of Apocalypse, the X Men scream an un, un, just an unprecedented number of times, and <laughs> they have like their scream faces. And it's just and they love to zoom in on their faces when they're doing these ridiculous things. So now that I'm hearing you describe it. It's even better than I had previously hoped.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this scene will be like, will go down as one of the, the franchise's funniest. <laughs> because, how, because of how silly it is. Because they're not even trying to be like, uh, subtle about it. It's very, it's so glaring.
1: It's oh, terrible. It's unintentional humor.
0: Yes, yes unintentional humor. And it's one of the, uh, the, I guess, one of the few, one of, one of the many fight scenes that go that direction. And they weren't kidding when they changed uh, that whole cosmic sequence into a fucking truck breakout scene. The truck I... breakout scene, is, it, it's... I don't even know how to describe it. It's so bad. It's like... Uh, okay, it's like one of the... It's like a really bad Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode.
1: Oh, good. Which... And I still haven't... Uh, still haven't tuned in for this season. We... We have uh, Charles and I keep talking about this. One of these times when we, when we podcast and we have nothing to talk about, we're going to do a segment where Charles just explains what happened on the latest <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.S. to me, and you yeah. guys just get my raw, uh, raw reaction to it on, on the air. Yeah.
0: Definitely going to do that in future episodes. <laughs> but yeah, got Dark Phoenix. It, it's, it's, it's baffling almost to see how boring it is. I, 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 looking back, I kind of wish we got a really bad movie that was like super entertaining like Wolverine Origins something like that mm-hmm. something so cringy that you know that would that would remain in the conversation in the years to come Dark Phoenix won't be in any conversation in the years
1: to come is it like is it Galactus Fart Cloud bad is it like how where do you and in, in like the in the litany of superhero movies where does this mm-hmm. one go is it like to, right at the bottom
0: definitely in the bottom rung the, the, mm. the whole, in the fucking, in the fucking toilet of toilet of superhero movies. It's definitely part of it. <laughs> it's like it's I like a issue paper.
1: I don't know because so Charles and I talked about this. I'm pretty sure off the air last week. Um, my youngest daughter has grown up and she's watched all these X Men movies and uh, she she enjoys them and she even enjoys the new ones and she's not really read any of the old x men comics she's read some of the new stuff, and so she she uh you know I know we've talked about this on her before in a different context, like why she likes venom, so she doesn't have this connection to these great old stories, and so she has no idea what the what the dark phoenix storyline's supposed to be, so she wants to go see the movie, and I am like, oh my god there's like i don't know i want i'd rather have like a leg amputated than probably go watch it with her, but she wants to go so Charles and I talked about like Last week off the air, um, we'll just take her. And then Charles said, well, So, take her, make a deal with her, take her, and then tell her if she, but the deal is if you take her to go see it, then she has to read, um, the Claremont Dark Phoenix, Phoenix and Dark Phoenix arcs so she can compare them, like have critically compare the two things. And, and so I made that deal with her, and uh, she's like, Okay, well, how many comics is it? I was like, uh, I said, You could probably get through like maybe 12, like maybe if you could read like 10 or 12 comics you could get a good comparison. So I, I just haven't decided if I'm going to make her read them before or after uh we go. I should probably, for her sake, do it after so she still actually wants to go see yeah. the movie.
0: No, yeah. I, I'd say you do it after so it doesn't ruin the whole experience for her. <laughs> she reads it after, I think she would probably appreciate the comics more because of how different it is. Yeah. But yeah, she's going to be like so surprised when she finds out uh, Oh, where were the, the she are? Where are those aliens? <laughs> what what did they look like? Fucking poop.
1: Oh, and they don't—they
0: don't really like Jessica
1: Chastain's character. Doesn't even have a name in the film, right?
0: From what I read, I, I read about it last night. I had to track down who she was. Apparently, her name is Vuk, like a v, like a V U K. What the fuck? Oh. What the fuck is that?
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, but apparently in the movie, uh, they kind of look like scrolls, but they're in the shadow for the most part, which is super weird because they have the budget to show them, but they keep the aliens in the shadows for most of their appearances. But there's a shot there where they got pointy ears and they're green, and they can okay. shapeshift. So it's, it's vaguely like a scroll, but there's no explicit um, outright reference to it other than the shape
1: shifting. I just wonder, I mean we, we heard rumors a long time ago that this was going to be the first time we saw right. scrolls on screen and I mean I don't I'm sure that some of this is probably true, but I'm sure that once the Fox and Disney merger started going that that Kevin was like, "Listen, Kenberg,
0: you you you're they,
1: you're done." You think and they I
0: next think, day, uh, I think that might
1: be that. Yeah, I think that might be true and that might be where like some of the some of the the edits and some of the reshoots and everything came in. Um, I mean i I can't. It just make it makes sense. I can't verify that. No one's going to tell me that. But it just makes sense that that's why some of these things changed so much. I mean, I don't think it was going to be a good movie anyway. But
0: right, because uh, the that entire cut cut sequence in space for the last act they they removed it because it looked similar to the Captain Marvel third act where she destroys. Yeah. Of spaceships, so yeah, you might do onto something with that.
1: And we'll, like I said, we'll never know. I did just look up that character, and it is, it is an, a Marvel Comics character from the Debari race of aliens, which is what she is in the movie. So,
0: right. she, mentioned some, she mentioned something. When, when, her character gets introduced. She mentioned something about uh the Debari Empire, but it's kind of baffling considering how Fox has access to like real
1: amazing
0: alien races. Yeah. Why they said that was something that would that I feel like would appear in ages of shield is beyond me.
1: Yeah, I, to me the biggest the biggest mistake that they've made with that franchise was refusing to introduce the Shiar into it. I mean that's that that alien race is one of the absolute coolest. And of course if you get the Shiar you get the Imperial Guard and you get Gladiator. Yeah. Who's just a badass. I mean, I just don't know. I don't know why they would stay away from it. I know that we've read Kinberg a million times talk about how it needs to stay grounded or whatever nonsense he comes up with. <laughs> but that was, that was a huge mistake to me.
0: Like, there's so much to be disappointed about in this movie. Like, usually, for all the, 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 for all the horrible things the, the, the previous X-Men movies had, at least they had, you know, cool sort of cool fight scenes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Like, sequences that stick out to you. Like, with X-Men 2, you got that amazing Nightcrawler sequence. Uh, is the Future Past at least open with a, with a big Sentinel fight? That was uh, admittedly pretty cool, but Dark Phoenix has none of it. Like, the big second act sequence feels like it came out of Daredevil, <laughs> where they fucking fight in the middle of a crowded New York street. So they, they fight in a block. It, it, it feels like... It feels like a sequence that, that would have worked in Defenders. That's the kind of scope and scale this movie has, which is so ironic for, this, for the source material.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, you're, you're dealing with, like, one of the most beloved arcs that was ever written for the X-Men, and now, I mean, Kinberg's going to be the guy that did it wrong twice, right? Like,
0: <laughs> Oh, my God. What a, what a horrible thing to have in a resume. You ruined the same story twice.
1: <laughs> oh that poor guy well, at least he's still got uh, still got nothing do. Star Wars doesn't he do some Star Wars stuff for them
0: yeah oh, yeah, he's producing some of them I, I, I will say that uh, the, the alien race in, in this movie the, the Debari, they dress up as humans for, the, for like 80% of their appearance but they had a, they had the Hellfire Club vibe going on with them they definitely had like they, they sort of operated like a clandestine, high society sort of group, which, which really reminded me of the Hellfire Club.
1: And they, I mean, even then, they, they did the Hellfire Club in first class and then it's just gone, right? Like it's the Hellfire Club should have been something that stuck around. And I, yes.
0: it could have been like the X Men's Hydra, like a recurring villain, that, a recurring organization that keeps popping up.
1: Well, I mean, I understand how, how key Magneto is to everything with X Men, but the fact that he had to be in every single movie that mm-hmm. they right. made is just not, it's not a good choice. Like, you, you have to be able to, to grow a little bit and build outwards. And they just kept, I don't know, they, they kept focusing on the same crew of characters every time.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, that's my X Men review. Uh, I'd suggest you'd watch it just for the laughs so you'd see the fart competition between Gene and Eric. <laughs> but I mean, other than that, don't get your hopes up. It's it's fucking... Uh, it, it's it's bad.
1: Well, we'll be... We've got another softball tournament this weekend, Um, but we've got a lot of downtime because of our schedule, and we're in an area where we can actually go to a decent movie theater because we don't have one where I live. I'm, for people that are... Haven't followed me on Twitter. Like, I have to drive at least an hour to get to a decent movie theater where I can actually hear the movie, sit in a comfortable place without kids running around the theater, (laughs) kicking me, throwing stuff. So, we're driving this weekend. And so, I I can see, I can see at some point, um, taking her to see. I know my oldest daughter could care less and she's not going to go to the tournament this weekend. So, I could see my youngest and I just taking off for a couple hours after we get done and going to see it. And then, her coming back with a big smile on her face and then me busting out my uh my my omnibus and saying, Okay, now you gotta read this on the car ride home.
0: Yeah. I think it's gonna be a fun Monday experience.
1: Yeah, well I'm 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 gonna see how it goes. I think it'll be it'll like if nothing else, it'll give us the two of she, my daughter and I something to talk about, right? <laughs> so
0: Yeah, at least you have something to like you you have something to scooter over. Um you can talk about what she thinks and what, what not she, what she hates about it.
1: But for my own, I'm not. I'm not into it, but whatever. We'll, we'll see how it goes. So, yeah. you want to hop into the rumor mill here now? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of rumors to talk about. Yeah, there's been a ton of stuff. And so, before we jump into it, make sure, like, this is nothing that Charles or I have, um, have come across on our own. We're just kind of recapping... Uh, Uh, You know, a few days worth of rumors that have been a week's worth of rumors that have been online. Um, And I I guess the one that we should probably start with um, is that I guess last Saturday, um, a rumor started circulating online that Keanu Reeves was going to Mm -hmm. end up getting a role in the Eternals. This is
0: huge. I think it would be the MCU's biggest gift in terms of like current star power. Uh what do you think of it?
1: Well, I mean, it so to me it it's uh it fits because we know we know that he was um, well I actually I was in the middle of writing the Keanu Reeves will be in Captain Marvel piece um way like a long time, like a, what November a year and a half ago I was about to break that news okay. when I got when I got a call from my source saying, like, dude, hold off. Um, it turns out he's passed on the role. So we know that they wanted him for what eventually became the Yan Rog role. Um, uh, yes. And we know that, like, the way Marvel Studios works is when they don't... And so so he, he was supposed to be Yan Rog and then when the filming schedule was all sorted out, he was going to be doing John Wick 3. So they couldn't come to some sort of agreement there um, for that. So we know when Marvel Studios misses on somebody that they really like they always circle back around so this is this is one of those cases i think where it makes a ton of sense um i want him to be i don't care what movie is and i want to see the guy in the mcu i would love to see him as a villain and really like play play up against what he's done here with like john wick um where he's been like the the guy that you root for i would love to see it so i don't i don't know you know, if it's true, I haven't heard anything. I've asked around. Um, I can tell you that all the stuff that I've seen for Eternals, his name was never involved in it, but that doesn't mean that it isn't now. And I've asked around and gotten nobody that was willing to confirm it with me. But again, that doesn't mean it isn't true. So I don't know which role it would be in. A lot of people are speculating he could be Druid. Um, I mean, he could be just about anybody. So I, I guess we'll have to wait and see how it shakes out and it, good news is, is if it's true, you know, when I, anytime I ever broke a casting scoop, it, it it gets kind of obnoxious because then like a day or two later, the trades will come in and say, Ooh, exclusive. And then they'll tell you that that guy is in the movie, even though I said it, you know, three days earlier or whatever. Right. So I would say the good news is, is if it is true, the trades will get on it pretty quickly. Um, it's hard to keep things like that a surprise. Like they'll talk to an agent, they'll talk to, the studio they all know somebody somewhere who wants to tell them something um and oftentimes they're working together with the, with agents or with studios to break the news so I, i'd say if it is true we have a good chance of getting it confirmed um before comic-con or s or uh, d23
0: but man i would be i would be pumped what about you what do you think like i recently read like we talked about it before i recently read the game on eternals run uh i don't know um Keanu's an amazing actor especially now coming off of John Wick, John Wick like the biggest movie of, currently in the world, uh, he's definitely a very hot commodity now. And I don't know how, much, how good he'd fare as a villain, particularly Druig. I, I'd like to see him definitely in the MCU. Eternals might not be the first property I'd attach him to. Like I'd love to see him as a Spider-Man villain, if anything. But as for Eternals... Uh, being a villain is definitely better than being some guy in an ensemble being the b- main big band but the thing yeah. is I sort of dodged the bullet with Yon-Rogg looking back it kind of was a good thing that Keanu didn't end up playing Yon-Rogg because that role was it's kind of it was thin it was stretched pretty, pretty thin and there wasn't much meat to it so if he ends up playing Druig I hope they give him like a real meaty role
1: yeah I think I agree with that you gotta give him something to do and like I I almost felt bad for Jude Law because I, I love Jude Law I think he, he does a lot of good work and you could have cast a paper bag as Jan Rog for what he was given to do in that film like there was nothing
0: I mean I, I think Keanu is one of the cosmic beings of the universe Ke, Keanu was eternity the, the, the guy's eternal to begin with he, 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 doesn't, he never gets old so make him eternity
1: that was one of my thoughts for like when we found out he wasn't in it, and I started thinking like, who could he be? Um, I I mean, one of them that came to mind is Mephisto. He would make like a killer Mephisto.
0: Yeah, that's so, really good.
1: So I don't, you know, or I, I mean, I could I could see him because you know he is like fairly stoic, right? Like he doesn't he he definitely doesn't have like especially in John Wick like a a, a wide range of um, emotions, and so I could see him. Go involved, going to be Noran Rad, and then turning into the surfer. I oh. could see that too. Like I would, I could see that as a as a cool role for him. So I but I have no idea what they actually have planned.
0: Shit, I could even see him as Galactus. For, can you imagine, like Keanu as <laughs> Galactus? He's a big dude. Doesn't say anything. He just says, "I'm hungry."
1: Just weird. Wears a weird fucking helmet for no reason.
0: Yeah, a fork helmet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Keanu, Keanu with the MCU is never is never a bad thing.
1: Nope, I, I'm. I'll get him on board, w- w- however I can. Um, and so during that, we we met. You mentioned maybe you'd like to see him in Spider-Man. So I guess the next big rumor that we should talk about is that last week, well, it was supposed to be last weekend, then apparently it got right. a couple yeah. days. Um, yeah. There was there was allegedly a Far From Home screening. Um, I was given a heads up <laughs> that it was coming. I have. I haven't talked to anybody that was there, but I was given a heads up that there was a far from home screening going on. Yeah. And apparently it took place. And the big rumor that came out of that is at the end of it, they revealed Avengers
0: Tower to have been bought by Oscorp. Yeah, that's, it's pretty big. And it's kind of like probably the biggest indication of things to come for Spidey. And, and I hope the larger MCU. What do you think about it?
1: I mean, if it's, if it's true, um, it's huge. And I've, I've been on the bandwagon for a long time and there's, you know, you can go back and look through some of my, some of my tweets over the last year. I've, I've been thinking he's been coming for a while. I know that he was supposed to be in silver and black, um, in like a cameo role. And then he got mm-hmm. taken out and that whole movie got scrapped and I was told, and I've, I've shared this before. Like I was told that part of the reason that that happened was because feige and sony were talking and feige said he wanted uh to put osborne into the mcu and like i've been saying forever like i i love a good green goblin as much as anybody but what what norman can bring to the mcu that will separate him from what we've seen in the previous you know version of him is that dark rain siege thunderbolts dark avengers norman where he's a businessman where he's you know he's essentially the dark shadow of Tony Stark and I've been saying that for a long time and I am so on board with that and it would make so much sense right to introduce him through Spider-Man in the wake of Tony's death I mean it's it's perfect it's it's almost too perfect to pass up so if this is true if this is where we're headed I'm super pumped
0: yeah it's also a timely rumor and it lines up with the David Morrissey stuff, Roger Wardell talked about. Mm-hmm. If, if, you miss, if any of you missed, if any of you missed missed out on it, a few weeks ago, Roger Wardell, the who's pre- pretty much the over, the soothsayer for MCU scoops, yep. revealed on Twitter that Marvel was eyeing David Morrissey for multiple roles down down the road. And uh, I mentioned in, in in the previous podcast that. Morrissey could end up playing Mormon. He's a, he's a big character, overarching character that appears in a lot of properties. And, uh, yeah, it's very exciting.
1: I, I can't imagine um, how, how excited I'll be to see them take like this set of stories on Earth and start pushing in the direction. Um, yeah of what i mean that 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 time in marvel comics is one of the one of like the most recent glory days right like those stories and they were so well connected the whole universe was was all pushing in one direction and man those those like just the post-civil war stuff where norman comes in and takes charge of hammer and then continues to work himself into like this position of power and everyone knows he's an asshole and everybody's waiting for him to fall apart but it was i he, I look. i, I look really looking, forward to it happening.
0: Right, right. And he, he ends up killing the the, the Skrull Queen in Secret Invasion, pretty yep. much sort of define his like his grab for power. Yeah, I'd love to see his. I'd love to see Norman's rise to power in the MCU.
1: Oh, it's and it's it's just so it's such a different take, right? Like than, than the Will and Dafoe character. I mean, he's still going to yeah. have to be crazy and unhinged and all that, but. Just, just giving that it, it's, and I know that that's what that Feige wants that to make when they're going to do something. If they're going to repeat a Spider-Man villain, they're not going to be anywhere near the same version that we've seen previously, right? Like that, that's one thing you know he's going to do, and that's the of beauty, the beauty of Norman Osborn is he does have those two distinct personalities. You could go with a Goblin, or you could go with the the Hammer, Dark Avengers Thunderbolts Norman Osborne. and sure. I like it because. You know, I'm I'm the one who broke the rumor about the Dark Avengers script being done and, yeah. and the, the possibility of that. And we know they're building a Thunderbolts thing. And so, you know, you could see a five year run here where you see Norman in movies just as often as you saw Tony Stark in movies. And oh. they could be putting together something just awesome. I, I, I think that this is like if this is a thing that happens, this is as cool of a thing as Kevin has done. It's as cool to me as getting the Fantastic Four and the X Men back, and it is—it's a big deal. I think you could see some, like everyone's so worried about what comes next. Like if this is what comes next, you have—you already have pieces on the board, right? Like we know New Asgard is—is there Norman could go strike out against them? There's some cool Uh, shit that can come out of this.
0: I'm—I'm wondering, is it a good idea to start with that phase of Norman's story? You start with the larger than life norman and then scale it down perhaps to him being Spider-Man's arch nemesis. How do you think that's gonna work if they start vice versa? I
1: don't know, it is really hard to imagine them like doing Norman and never doing Green Goblin. You know, like that would be really hard to imagine. But it's also it's for me equally hard to imagine how in the MCU you could have him be the Green Goblin, have him be revealed to be the Green Goblin and then work himself into a position of power in a short enough time that you could tell a decent story. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Unless they decide to make him the Green Goblin through his larger-than-life, you know, Hammer phase. Like, as the head of Hammer, he takes maybe a serum or something. That's where he starts becoming the Green Goblin. What if they start him out as, like, a really sympathetic guy who wants to make the world a better place and then we we see him descend into madness as he as he forms the Boats, he forms the Dark Avengers and then let's go minutes with him becoming the Green Goblin
1: I think that would be a super interesting take I mean it'd be the the exact opposite of the comics right I think that would yeah, be exactly. that would be an interesting way to go
0: the thing that it would miss out on which I think is key is his relationship to Peter Right. I think more. I think more than anything. I guess more than the 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 overarching larger MCU story, I think they really need to nail him as uh, Peter's arch nemesis, which which would make Norman's fall from grace even more powerful. I think if 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 they get him to be Peter's mentor, Peter's friend, and stuff like that. Well, and do you think that
1: to me is the the cool thing about Spider-Man in the comics is that while well, he's always been part of the greater universe and he's always in you know the, he's got some role in all the crossover events, his own stories and his own enemies always have such intimate ties and intimate stories, and so yeah. it, that's always such a it stands out to me in Spider-Man more than it does in any other thing. Like and like think about his relationship with dr connor's think about his relationship with norman and even over the years like how his relationship with craven evolved like it's it's always such a key piece of of that and i think they 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 kind of hinted at that in the in homecoming you know where they let him build up a little bit of relationship with keaton's character before he made put two and two together that he was the bad guy and that's a very that's a very spider-man thing to do
0: and far from home Looks like him and Quentin Beck will be best friends.
1: Yep. And, it, and it's always, that's always been the case. And so I think you're, you're on to something there too. Like you have to, there has to be some sort of relationship built there with Peter. Yeah. Otherwise, I want to say you've wasted the character because he can do a lot of cool stuff. But that, that does really, that relationship does really make it hurt for, for Peter um, and for the audience too.
0: Yeah, I mean, not only thinking about it. The stuff I said about Norman becoming the Goblin throughout his 10 as the head of Hammer and whatnot, I could see him build a, a relationship with Peter through through that. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he can he can be the mentor Peter, that
0: he loses. Yeah, like, like maybe Peter helps him out form a new team or something, and then obviously you see Norman fall from grace.
1: Yeah, No, I can. I can totally see – I mean, the, the opportunity exists now for – we see Peter in Far From Home. Like, he's talking to Happy, but you can tell he's lost because Tony's gone. You can yeah. totally see a situation here where he's set up for someone like Norman to come in, gain his trust, and then for him to find out that Norman isn't, isn't a hero, right? Like, that he's not the, the guy that Tony was.
0: Yeah. I mean, just us talking about it's making me super, super hyped.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I can't wait to see how this goes. Like we have, you know, um, if they do it at, at, uh, if they reveal stuff at, uh, Comic-Con, it's a little bit, what, six weeks away. If it's at d D23, it's the end of August, but we'll know a lot more in less than a month. When we see far from home, we'll have a little bit better idea where things are going. But uh, if this is a a rumor that we can put some stock into, it's definitely uh, among the most exciting things. So, and and I guess that helps kind of segue into the next one. Um, This is just from yesterday that one of Marvel Studios' priorities with the Fox properties is to get a Fantastic Four reboot off the ground sooner rather than later. And and the rumor was as soon as 2022. Which is like three years from now. Yeah, which is super soon. Uh, And I guess... The, the, the other half of that rumor was that there's some talk that they would um, look at Peyton Reed's pitch that he gave way back when about them being a team from the 60s and obviously trying to find some way to incorporate them back into uh, the modern day. And that's also something that I've talked about and written about more than once. So this is, this is pretty cool. We know that Kevin has said the X-Men are a ways off yet, but he's never said the Fantastic Four would be. So I don't, know, I don't know if they do have him ready for 2022 because I know that he had his slate picked out in his head before they got the Fox properties, but there's absolutely no reason they couldn't shuffle one movie off and put another one on.
0: Especially for a property as big as Fantastic Four. I'd like to think that Kevin would be willing to move mountains just for that movie. Well,
1: I would hope Especially so. And, and it's Go ahead. got a good idea. Yeah, if they, if they like the idea, and he's always said, if we have a script and we have something that works, we can, go with, we can go with four movies a year. We can go with three or four movies a year. And if they like the pitch, whatever it is, if it's Reed's pitch, if it's somebody else's pitch, um, I, it's great to get it started. Because the Fantastic Four, ha, just sort of like we talked about last week with the X-Men, you could, you could do almost a separate Fantastic Four universe and tell 10 years worth of stories just there alone with some of the characters that they have. I mean, you have Galactus, you have Doom, you have Annihilus, you have Blastar, you have you know all kinds of stuff that you can do with these guys. So the sooner they get them integrated into the MCU, the better.
0: Uh, what do you think of them being set in the, in the 60s? Them living in the 60s as opposed to modern day.
1: I love it. I, and that, that was, before I knew that Peyton Reed had a pitch, that was... My, that was my script, like, that I, I wrote about on, at MCU Exchange a couple years ago. Um, I, I would love to see them having gotten stuck in some, like, they're explorers, right? So they're out exploring, they're yeah. doing whatever they do, they get sucked into some temporal vortex. I know that, like, in my original idea, I thought maybe the coolest way to introduce them would be with Kang, right? That they get stuck, there's a little bit of time travel action going on. Uh, that, that way you can finally bring Kang into the MCU as well. So I love the idea because to me, they'll always be, they're always going to be my first love of comics. So those are the, among the first comics I read. Those in Justice League um, like read and, and like followed the, the overarching story. Like I would make sure I picked up each issue of Fantastic Four instead of picking one up and then six months later picking one up. And yeah. I love the idea of them being groundbreaking and being explorers. And they're always the the first family. So if they could find some way to shoehorn them into that they really were the first team of heroes, I think it would be perfect.
0: Yeah. I'm on board for another period piece in the MCU. Like, to me, the 90s in Captain Marvel wasn't really a period piece because it was barely a part of it. But something like the first Avenger, where the the story is so ingrained to the the era it's set in, like 60s 50s you got the n- nuclear age coming in uh four explorers get sent to space and then maybe the movie ends in present day where they land
1: yeah that and i i that's that's right in line with what what i've been hoping for and and like you could you know open up so many doors to so many places i think it's it's going to be interesting cuz you know they're going to want at some point to have them integrated with the rest of the MCU, you know they're going to want to have Doom integrated with the rest of the MCU, and you know Kang and Galactus, and you know hopefully Annihilus on the cosmic side of things. So yeah. I think they'll they'll find a way to make it its own thing, but to also get it get it in, into a place where it can be tied back in, and that's it's kind of cool. Like people were complaining about some of these little holes that are going they're and they're going to continue to pop up when you try to go back and retrofit stuff, right? But that's, that's what comics has always been about. That's what, you know, when a new character's created, and they, like the Sentry, and they say, like, oh, by the way, the Sentry used to exist, and everybody just forgot about him. Like, that's, that's how this is going to have to work. And I'm, I'm fine with it. I think it's a lot of part of the fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, to me, as for Peyton redirecting, I love his pitch, but I'd love to see someone else do it. Maybe, yeah. um, maybe Noah Hawley, who was supposed to do the Doctor Doom movie. I'd love to see him do the fantastic work. I love I would his work on Fargo. Like
1: that. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think I think he's a very good fit. And recently he's been on record saying that him and Kevin have 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 been in meetings together. So yeah, he's my pick definitely over Peyton Raid.
1: Yeah, and I, I like what Reed's done with Ant-Man and the Wasp and I'd like to see him finish up that franchise and Yeah, to I, me, I'd love to see If he if he hops you know jump ship to Fantastic Four, I don't know how he's going to have time to do both in the near future. So I would I would rather see him finish up his franchise and let somebody else take a run with with Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah, I mean the sooner they enter the MCU, the better.
1: One hundred percent. The other one that we wanted to touch on was the possibility of Blade coming back into the MCU. Yeah, I
0: mean according to the rumor, Hulu is. Eyeing late as its next uh, installment in their growing supernatural franchise.
1: Super interesting. We know, we know from checking trademarks um, that in addition to the shows that they've announced, that they have like uh, a glyph show that they might be doing. So, glyph is like a really obscure uh, supernatural huh? character. Yeah. Who is so that? If, oh, I'm trying to glyph came in when they did um what was the recent i'm gonna have to look it back up even they did a recent um like legion of monsters type thing um damn it, i know i'm not calling it the right thing let me check really quick um it was like agents of oh it was howling commandos of shield in 2015 and they were doing supernatural stuff so it was like dum-dum went with um a bunch of these other like super obscure characters and so they had this one that they created for the for the show um Nadine Hassan and she was glyph and so she could conjure spirits and oh uh, like ancient egyptian spirits and make them do what she wanted to do
0: okay so she's a fairly new character
1: yeah just li- literally like invented for that series in 2015
0: right right so they trademarked that what they else tra- did they
1: trademark if
0: they trademark
1: uh spirits of vengeance i'm going back right now to the trademark site to make sure i'm not missing anything um this is one of the one of the really cool things like i ended up i got a tip like hey you need to learn how to do this so i taught myself how to do it and how to search for the different things and um it's come off super helpful so they've trademarked Glyph Hellstrom, Hellstrom Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance um, Howard the Duck, but that's the who is that one of the Hulu, comics? yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they've got all those trademarked, and then I don't know, not too awful long ago, I put on my Twitter Shang Chi and the Eternals. But anyway, so yeah, so Blade might be uh, joining the fray there, and the like you said, the Hulu's um budding supernatural universe,
0: right, and. uh it's going to be a show according to the rumor, is that right?
1: Yeah, and I think, it's, I think it's interesting. Interesting timing, an interesting idea. It's certainly like if that's the direction they're going to go with, with that streaming platform, I think that's pretty cool.
0: My thing with it is that we don't know how these shows are going to turn out. Like, If Ghost Rider ends up being a total third of a show, then what are you going to do with the rest of the of their slate
1: yeah I think it's, you definitely don't want to get too many balls in the air at one time on something like that because right you, you can you can end up you know you don't want to have to cancel stuff right like you don't want to have to say well Ghost Rider Ghost Rider ended up sucking so sorry Hellstrom and Glyph and all these other ones so I think you'd be smart right. to, uh, to get your feet on the ground ground with one of these other shows and hopefully hopefully they don't suck but again like it's hard for me, it continues to be hard for me to remember, like, this isn't always going to be my stuff. Like, some of this stuff on Hulu, they are definitely aiming at a certain age group of people, and though that certain age group of people aren't even necessarily comic book readers, right? So, they're, they're just trying to put some interesting looking shows out there, you know, for people who are in their demo that they're chasing.
0: Right, I also don't know how dark the network's willing to be. Um, I... for Blade, for Blade, you can't you can't water anything down from for for Blade. Uh, it has to be super gritty, super dark. Uh, super. You gotta have that horror tone attached to it. So, uh, until I actually see, um, uh, what Hulu has to offer with the Marvel shows, it's hard to sign off on this. Yeah, in, a, in I, I an agree. idea, uh, a Blade movie would be would be amazing. Another Blade movie. Yeah, I, and I,
1: you know, we heard rumors a while ago. Like there was, they had this Blade series, um, comic book series that was supposed to come out, and it was all sat like even like pre-ordered for it, and then they just canceled it. And one of the rumors, true or not, I have no idea, uh, that circulated at the time was it was it was canceled because they had come up with um, a story they wanted to tell on whether a series or a movie that was pretty much related to the comic book. So the comic book was like Blade had a daughter and he was going to teach her how to be uh, the yeah. vampire killer. So I
0: think that's a pretty so, good idea. I kind of wish they, they did that in the comics since we didn't get it anywhere else.
1: Yeah, I, I would have loved to see it um, in the comics. I can't remember who was going to write it. It was a dude that was writing Nightwing at the time, but right now his name is Tim Seeley. Uh, was gonna write it, oh, so, so it it yeah. seemed super interesting to me. And so maybe maybe this is what it is. You know, like I can never tell. Like Wesley Snipes is always teasing that he's got something going on. I can never tell <laughs> if he's doing that because he's being honest or because he just wants to be relevant again.
0: You got a lot of tax stuff to pay, you know. You know, Wesley <laughs> got a, got a lot of stuff to pay. But yeah, speaking of uh, Hulu's growing roster of supernatural characters, last night it was announced that. Elizabeth Hurley was joining Runaways as Morgan LeFay. Yeah, I saw that. That's that is
1: um, that's a huge jump for me. I watched the first season of Runaways. Um, I was in the room with my kids when they watched season two, but I didn't really pay much attention to anything that was going on. Like, even honestly, like as I said that out loud, I'm not even sure that season two was ever on TV. Like, I don't even know if it actually aired. <laughs> I,
0: I'm pretty sure it did, right? Yeah, it did. So with i i I saw season one, I liked it, but I felt it was also lacking uh, the scale the comic had, especially with the with the Gaborim stuff um I totally slept on season two like i I wasn't bothered to watch it, so it's surprising that uh, the t v division got their hands on a character as massive as Morgan the train. that's my yeah. biggest takeaway
1: no I agree i and i mean it's I hope that people are aware that like the divide between Marvel TV and Marvel studios is as wide as the divide between Marvel studios and Warner brothers, right? Like it is not the same, the same company It is not the same place. They don't even work in the same building as each other. And like, I don't know, I don't know how true any of it is, but I I've been told in the past that like when they have characters, like Marvel TV has this deck of characters, Marvel studios has this stack of characters if they want to get their hands on somebody they'll have to call they'll have to work out a deal just in the same way that like Marvel had to call Fox so they could get Ego right like the same like it's that same structure even so like I said I don't know if that's if that's 100% accurate but that's that's what I've been told and not told by you know some random joe blow off the street but by a guy who's been in the industry for 20 plus years told me that so <laughs> it is interesting to think about them getting a hold of a character that is so powerful and so interesting and like to me the first thing that i thought of was weird world oh wow yeah that's a like, deep cut. somehow do that i have no idea i would i would pay somebody money to to make a, a sweet weird world movie that that got just completely nuts but that probably will never happen um but that was that was one of my first thoughts are they somehow gonna gonna tie this into weird world or the Runaways gonna end up joining this whole like Is it going to connect to Ghost Rider and to Hellstrom? Like I don't know. I'm curious, and I guess it at least has my attention to the point where, whenever I start, whenever I hear about Ghost Rider or Hellstrom or Runaways, I guess I'll like at least at least piques my interest, and I and I listen to what's going on. I don't just totally ignore it like I do when I hear like so and so is at cast for Agent Six or season six of Agents of Shield. I'm like, "Eh, no.
0: Um, what are the chances of this whole thing with Morgan Le Fay? Hellstrom, Ghost Rider, Glyph. What are the chances of it uh, evolving into like a Midnight Suns kind of a crossover event?
1: I think that would be. I think that's why they've trademarked Spirits of Vengeance. I think that's what their their name for that that kind of big crossover event's going to be.
0: Hmm, like a like a Midnight Suns Defenders esque event. Yep,
1: yeah, I think I think that's a I think there's a big possibility, and I, I like me guessing at it is one thing, but I, I definitely think they're going to kind of build towards something huge like that. And I think that's cool. Like, you know, event, event TV is sometimes better than, you know, episodic TV. So maybe you build towards something, you know, uh, that's a limited short couple episodes or maybe one long two hour episode or something cool. I mean, that can sometimes be better than sitting through 22 episodes of a show or 13 hours of a show or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we all know how defenders turned out. So I'm yeah. hoping they, they, they map out a plan on what they want to do with with these properties, and and uh, and I hope they stick the landing with the Ghost Rider because Ghost Rider is truly the first. That's the thing they need to really knock out of the park.
1: Yep, and I I yeah. think it's interesting that they're using um, the Robbie Reyes version. I'm kind of. I kind of hope that if they're going to do a whole series about Ghost Rider, that they at least give some history, some background to the other, at least one or, one or two of the other riders, a little bit of something. Um, I mean, it, it seems I don't know, in the comics, like it's a totally different entity and it's totally detached, but I think it would be cool to at least,
0: if you're going to do a whole series on it, give some background to where it all
1: came from and how it all came together.
0: Right, bring in catch, bring in blaze, and he got the three of them. I would hope. And yeah, speaking of uh, defenders, uh, the final trailer for Jessica Jones just came out like a few hours ago. It looks exactly like the Jessica Jones show as we know it. Yeah, and I still haven't <laughs> seen
1: it because I'm at I'm at work. Um, I think most people know I teach high school. So Charles and I, Charles and I, do this like on my on my lunch break as we're, we're recording right now um so i still haven't seen it yet i probably won't get a chance to watch it until i get home but i did hear charles did tell me like that the rumor from i guess last week or maybe two weeks ago that fool killer was going to be the villain is revealed in the trailer
0: yeah he's pretty much the the big bad for the season and uh like i'm not familiar with the character at all so can you tell me something about uh the full killer character
1: so, I, I wouldn't have known anything about him um, other than I guess a year, two, three years ago. They did like a Deadpool uh, Mercs for Money that kind of worked out. And then they did a uh, Fool Killer solo comic for a oh, little right. while. Um, yeah, it was just like a, I don't know how many issues there were. I know he's been around um, for a really long time, but they did like this Fool Killer. Um, I'm even trying to look and see what it came out full killer solo. And I, I read, I actually bought the first one. It was Deadpool heroes for hire. Um, and then it was Merch for money. So what was going on there? He was the way it started is like Greg, the Greg Salinger version of, of him. And there are several versions of him was like Deadpool's shrink personal therapist. Um, and that was, that was like his intro there. And, um, Then he was, I think he was kind of brought on board to shield um, and to work with supervillains as a psychiatrist with the catch that if like they didn't cooperate or if things didn't turn out that he got to kill him. So it was just, it was super weird. Um, But yeah, he he was, it's just a, it was a strange character. I loved actually, I think one of the things I liked the most about the the series was his just ridiculous looking outfit that he wore. Um, It was like a little bit. Night Thrasher a little bit, Deadpool a little bit, Magneto, had like a jester on the chest plate. It was just stupid. Um, but it was entertaining for the little short while it was out. And I don't know what the story is for him in, uh, in Jessica Jones or what he's got going on, but he was, you know, just interested in, in killing killing bad guys. It was 2016, I just Googled it. Um, 2016. Okay. He's,
0: when, he's, he's, you know, a, he's an anti-hero. Say that again. He's an anti hero here. Yeah. yeah. In the oh, comic. Yeah. All right. Okay. Because in the show, he's like sending Jessica hate mail. That's kind of like his only thing in the trailer. He's sending him shit like, you're a bitch. You're a <laughs> cheater. So, I mean, I was I, I was wondering if that had anything to do with with uh, his comic book version. So, I don't know. The trailer's okay. Uh,. Trish suits up in in like a like a jumpsuit and fights crime. You see Hogarth and uh, Malcolm show up again. Totally, it's interesting because it's kind of like a like a crime killer story. Like she's after like a, this mysterious killer. But I don't know. Like I've been hearing stuff about the show. I've had people telling me that it's not it's not the best. Kind of boring as always. But because this trailer
1: they've had, um they've had screeners out for a while now.
0: Yeah, screens have been out for a while, so I've been talking to uh, to some people who have seen it, and it's uh, it's not. I've heard it's not the best thing, and uh, I don't know. Like knowing that and seeing this trailer, you could tell the full season's best parts. Yeah, up all the boring stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm mixed on uh, the show, which is premiering next week. And it's. Are you gonna check it out as soon as you as, as it comes out? Or I probably
1: won't. Um, like specifically that weekend, I know I won't. That's Father's Day weekend, so we we have a, I know what the, we have a softball tournament, and usually, um, I try to do something with you know my my wife and the girls, and even try to get down and do something with my dad. So that whole weekend is just going to be crazy. Uh, I imagine like at some point in the future over the summer when I don't have anything going on I might tune in and check it out
0: right yeah I th- I think I'm in the same boat I'm not going to rush out as I used to see what happens
1: with Jessica Jones kind of being the last of those Marvel shows it probably was kind of tough to um, even you know even film it and then you worry about the quality because some of the quality of them has not been great and it's ironic because I just tweeted out today um, that Swamp Thing, which I finally got around to watching the pilot episode last night uh, for DC Universe, is which I thought was had just like super interesting. Um, the horror aspects of it were, were good. Like it, it's always hard to, to make like good horror TV, but this was good. I got super into the two leads and I'm all excited about where this is going. And then today the news comes out that they've, they've made it a one season, one and done kind of thing. Um, and even I remember a while ago when they were filming, they said like, oh, it's going to be cut to 10 episodes. So it's, it's interesting. It's ironic. And it's, it's kind of funny to like hold those two ideas on this or converse about those two ideas in the, at the same time here, like with Jessica Jones ending and Swamp Thing ending, when you have something that's like literally to me, the, the first episode is the best episode of anything DC universe has done. And then you turn around and find out it's canceled um (laughs) jones was canceled before jessica jones season three even got got its feet going so it's kind of interesting i I know i know you haven't seen swamp thing yet um but i don't know have you talked to anybody have you heard anything about it
0: uh i I mean according to the to the report saying it's canceled it's definitely an uh a production issue Uh, i think it's like creative differences with the showrunner and the the network, and it looks like it it might be shopped somewhere else,
1: so they may just be moving it to a different location
0: yeah, I, I think there's a chance it could be moved okay so because, i mean from everyone's reaction it's kind of unanimous that it's a very promising show and to to know it gets canceled it got canceled after one week of air of airtime it, it's it's pretty shocking
1: yeah it's it's tough like. You the I don't know the actress's name, but the the actress that's playing Abby Arcane is to me like she's she's awesome. She's super interesting. She's compelling. And then the dude that plays Alec Holland, I feel bad because like he gets one episode as Alec, and then you know he's just gonna be gone, other than flashbacks or whatever. I found myself like just I I love the dude. He was kind of funny. He was kind of quirky um and their his relationship like the, or the interaction at least between uh, him and the actress who plays arcane they were great and uh, i was like man this is this is good so it was like a 59 minute episode um that i turned on while i was doing laundry i set the like the washing machine had like an hour to go and i watched it and i was like holy shit that's been an hour already like it just flew by it was wow. it was good it was entertaining and the last um last little bit they is when he you know, he get has his transformation into Swamp Thing and you just get to see just a little bit of him. Um, but I loved it. I I, I watched the cheesy old Swamp Thing movie when I was a kid and that's been yeah. like the only visual I have of Swamp Thing. And this is like I mean, obviously the the years in between make a huge difference, but it's a great look. He looks straight out of the comics. Um and you can tell as he kind of crawls out of the swamp and has been transformed, like he's he's aware something's going on i don't think he knows the full depth of what's going on um they set up a really nice mystery to go through and he even they even make comments about that like hey do you like mysteries like murder she wrote in colombo um kind of kind of thing like setting up this idea i i i thought it was great i i mean it was really really good
0: yeah i mean damn i like hearing that now makes me even sadder for the show will you be tuning in until the final episode
1: Oh yeah, I'll watch it. I know a lot of people will be like, "Well, it's canceled. I'm not going to watch it." I can't wait to see what happens in episode two. Like I am, I am super intense uh, in my anticipation for for the next episode. I, I kind of, I watched Titans. Uh, I think it was either Christmas break or spring break, and I would watch it. And I wouldn't even get through like an entire episode, and I would pause it and go do something else and come back. Um, Doom Patrol was a little more fun for me, so I I just like bought the. Your subscription for the 80 bucks or whatever basically because i was excited about swamp thing so the first couple episodes of doom patrol there were some cool things and then it got a little weird and then it came back around and was pretty good but this is like as a complete episode by far the best episode like there were very few moments where it was down and most of the time it was entertaining it was funny it was scary it was good and i'm, I'm kind of bummed that to find out that we might not get any more of it
0: yeah i hope it finds new life somewhere else just hearing the potential of the show and whatnot, uh, it has to go on.
1: Yeah, And I know some people felt like, well, maybe they're canceling it so they can do a Swamp Thing movie. Uh, I DC Universe doesn't work like that. Like, they'll do a TV show and a movie about the same character. They don't care. So that's not <laughs> it. Fun. They, they may, may well still do a Swamp Thing movie, but they didn't cancel this because they're doing a Swamp Thing movie.
0: Uh, is the creature CGI, or is he practical? <laughs> I,
1: You know, I would have to imagine that he's a mix of both like when he was when he crawled out of the swamp and was sitting right like they had a zoom in of his face on screen there's like his eyes are glowing red so there's a little bit of cg there but it looked really really good i mean it and that was i was watching it on my tablet and it's a little dark so i'd have to go back and maybe watch it on tv and get a better look but i'd have to imagine there's some sense of mix of practical in there i, I guess i could end up being wrong but it looked good i mean i was i was like yeah damn that's good we are, we are all set here on episode six of Murphy's Law. So, signing off, this has been Charles Murphy. It's been great talking to you. All
0: right, this has been Charles. You can find me on Twitter at 11. All
1: right. And we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening.
0: Bye.